Welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is episode 198. I'm your host, Chris Britton, and let's go. Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio today, the sexiest ranch hand in America. Welcome back from Nebraska, Calder. What's going on, man? Howdy there. Uh, so much is actually going on, Chris. But first, I want to ask, what's going on with you? What? What? Anything good happen last week? And this this week, uh, yeah, a couple this of things. Week, actually. No, I was devoid of your life, so I understand if nothing. I was a happens. little sad, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, we will get into what happened. Yours is way more, way way cooler than what happened Maybe. in my life. But but here here's what happened in my life. Here's what made me happy. And uh, listener, by the way, if you tuning in and I sound beaten down, it's because I'm sick. But this is what we do here at Dial H, is we keep bringing you guys content even when we are sick. So I've got We're like uh, a post office. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what happens. I've got a day. box of tissues and tea in front of me that I'll be sipping on during the podcast. So we're just gonna keep trucking along. What made me happy this week? A couple of things. One, so Infinity War is coming up, and I happen to own all six issues of the Infinity storyline, written by Hickman himself. Well, I told Jaylene I didn't want to have to explain all of the Black Order to her while we were watching the movie. So she agreed to actually sit down with me, and we are reading through the Infinity storyline together. I think she's really enjoying it so far. So it's always cool when you get someone in your life invested into something that you are personally invested in. That's always a good feeling, whether that's comic books or sports or whatever it is in your life. That's fun. And then also on the comic book side i have been reading i read so many comic books yesterday laying in bed all day long with a fever <laughs> so one of the comic books that i do want to talk about real real briefly is old man logan holy cow it is so good written by lemire i think is how you pronounce his last name is that like the og old man logan run or are you talking about this most recent old man so logan? it's the most recent one it is it, really good, isn't it? It, uh. it is so good. It fills in a few more details of what happened with Old Man Logan in the Wasteland universe that he's from and what happens after he – can we go into spoilers? For not, the, not the new stuff. I mean like the old The old – like, dude, Old Man Logan's been out forever. If you haven't, okay. seen, if you haven't, if you haven't read it by now, I'm sorry. But anyway, he slaughters the X-Men, right? This yep. totally – this totally fills in a lot of the what happens after he slaughters the X-Men, and then he goes on like this, I guess, soul-searching after he tries to commit suicide thing. It's really actually extremely well-written. The art is fantastic. I think I read like the first 13 issues of it yesterday. It's so good. So anybody wants an actual title they need to pick up and read, go read that. Seriously, good stuff. But – Let's talk about some amazing things that happened in your life over the last week. So before we get into the WKO stuff, is there any other stuff that just happened to you that made you happy? 
Yeah, totally. I got it with some friends, and we decided to start a D&D campaign. I haven't played D&D in like two years, so I'm very excited. So you were looking at your lawful good paladin, because what, I mean, what else am I going to be? What? Just started that. Of course you're the lawful well, good paladin. Of, of course Why you wouldn't are. I be? Come on, man. Although I got a sick flaw, and I'm super happy to see where that goes. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, we played our first session. And someone just got completely turned into dust by an Ent, and I was terrified, because I was like, I, it took me a long time to make my character, and like, someone just threw a rock at her, and there's just a halo of blood, is what the DM said. I'm like, well, that, that's not good. <laughs> She's dead. She's got to make someone new. I feel bad for her, but that's fine. It didn't happen to me. I saw Pacific Room 2 earlier today, and I'm hyped. I'm excited. Loved it. You know, so. Uh, I'm so jealous. I've got over Chris, at least. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get a go because I was sick yesterday. You know what? I had to I go was... to work today, which was horrible. I, I, I blame you. Hey, really though, what's wow. your flaw on your character? Is it that you're addicted to like tabloid magazines? You can't Whoa, wait to no, figure out what happens not. with the no. Kardashians. No, get out. <laughs> <laughs> the the Kardashians, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, no, my character's flaw is he like really screwed something up in his past and let a ton of people die. So, like, he's always going to be super cautious, I think. Like, whenever anything could potentially be dangerous, he's going to be a little cautious. And then if, like, any character of the party dies, he might have, like, a mental breakdown. Is pretty much what it's like. Just because I killed a ton of people in his past <laughs> when I was making him. Like, I'm like, your girlfriend, she dies, your mom, she dies, and you're going to be too late to save everybody just by seconds. Yeah, I feel like a jerk riding him, but that's that's how I made him. So, D&D, yeah. folks. I love D&D. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I really do love D&D. All right, let's get into some news. I want to hear about the WKO. Okay, WKOs. So. Okay, so here at Dial H, we like to bring you up-to-date information about the Game of Heroclix, but we also like to talk about some other nerd-related content, so we're going to get into that. And as always, any kind of link for trailers, videos on YouTube, or any of the articles that we talk about are going to be linked in the podcast notes at the end. So, Calder, take it away. WKOs. Uh, if you don't know what WKOs is, WizKids. No, I'm not going to go that far into it. So, very first, it was last Saturday. And it was in Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, was Sparta Games, 300 points, constructed. I had been working on constructed teams with Mr. Flicks Flicks. Uh, the last WKO I played in was also a constructed. I played a fun team. It was great. It was very creative. But it did not make top eight. My goal this week was to make top eight, uh, which I'm not going to tell you yet at the end of the story, but, you know, there's a little bit of spoiler on the Facebook. Anyways. But anyways, so what I played in the 300-point constructed was after some tinkering, and even after I played the game, I would have probably also changed this team. But I basically played, I'm going to go from least to biggest here. I had two ID cards, I had Colossus, and I had Peace Machine. Uh, War Machine with Peace Machine, and the Colossus is the LD Colossus that can charge and carry someone. Then I had the Boxing Ring. I had the Ameridroid at his 15-point Retaliator line. I had Domino, the 25-point Prob Domino from the X-Force Fast Forces. Then I had the Shredder clone from TMNT3. Then I had, and then this is like the main thing of this team, Scourge, the Prime Scourge. Ever since this Scourge came out, 
Uh, I love I love Scourge. Uh, Ragnarok made me love him more. Always liked him in comics. Size cool, but like man, I was sold on Scourge. So I absolutely wanted to do something with Gun Scourge, and that was pretty much the basis for this team. It used to have. Oh, by the way, I had Blood Axe. That's that's semi important. I just didn't have the card for it. Uh, Blood Axe always went on Shredder Clone. The basic strat for this team was to get Shredder Clone, Blood Axe, whatever, get Scourge into the boxing ring. And then the best thing, like the if everything went right, I would put down my little special marker, get my plus two to the stats, do whatever in the boxing ring. Shredder Clone would be outside the ring mucking with people. And then whenever they would hit Shredder Clone, I would use a Maradroid to target them. And then, oh, also, I totally forgot to mention this. I had Darwin on the team. If anybody's counting this team out, it's like, he's missing 35 points exactly. What is he doing? I had Darwin on the team. Uh, wish I would have had Leech instead. I'll get to that in a moment. But the big thing was Darwin was my little counter for Pick of Power. And then the Ameridroid would just throw people inside the boxing ring. Once they were inside the boxing ring, close combat expert, one and one. He would have a 12 attack because it's a close combat attack in the boxing ring. And we'd punch some fools with Scourge. But if people didn't want to go in the boxing ring, that is what the Colossus and Peace Machine ID cards were for. Because Peace Machine has telekinesis, so if I want to, I can instead have Shredder Clone sidestep up call in Peace Machine, and then he can TK out Scourge if they're just like, if it looks like a team that's just literally never going to go on the boxing ring, no matter what, then that's what I use. I either TK'd Scourge, he would drop the special marker, and then he would just start punching right in their team. Or, I've even used Scourge to call in Peace Machine to get Shredder Clone all the way up in someone's grill, you know, sidestep, deal one penetrating, and then roll some blades. I mean, he normally has Battle Fury and Steel Energy and Exploit and all this crazy muck at this point, so Shredder Clone's hitting pretty hard. Of course, it's only going to be for a max of three, but since Peace Machine gives him a plus one when he's called in, it does sort of help. And then he can't be one shot next turn because also Peace Machine's effect. And then Colossus was whenever I wanted someone to charge or miss, you know, move people around since he can charge and carry. That was the basic thing for this team. A marriage order to throw people in the boxing ring, blah, blah, blah. The very first round, I go up against a Beta Ray Bill team. I know how Beta Ray Bill works, which really sucks, because I can't deal him penetrating damage, and he always has Reducer, uh, which really blows. I don't have any outwit on this team, unless I call in Peace Machine, and even then, it wasn't super great. So he had, let's see, Beta Ray Bill, Jane Foster, Leech, and something else. Oh yeah, he had a few little relics, and also Scream Intelligence. So it was a good team, and he had a few call-ins. I, basically what I wanted to do is, I'm like, I'm going to get Bill in this boxing ring, and I'm going to kill Bill. Haha, <laughs> but I'm, uh, so, all I did was, I put Scourge in the boxing ring, I'm like, I'm going to sit in this boxing ring, because this is the first game I played, so this is the way I'm, I was going to do it. I'm going to have Shredder Clone go up to him, take a swing, uh, yeah, he had Leech, or, yeah, that's about right. He, I instantly just kill Leech, and then, uh, Beta Ray Bill takes a swing at Shredder Clone, I'm like, well... You damaged him. That really sucks. Retaliated. Put him inside the boxing ring. Scourge hit him. Smack. That was awesome. If you don't know about Raider Ability, you can't target him within four squares with a range combat attack or if you make a close combat attack. So it's really hard for Scourge to shoot anybody. But anyways, then Shredder Clone killed... When he killed Leech, she, she turned into Luster Bucket. Jane Foster turned into Thor. Next turn, because uh, he rolled a five on her, Shredder Clone killed Thor. And that was the points I got. I never killed Beta Ray Bill. He was actually on his last click 
by the end of the thing, but if you know his last click is like free regeneration, which is nuts. But I did win that game, however, with like 130 points, because I killed whatever Thorn Leech. So I was like, awesome, sweet. Next game, someone actually brought a ton of kids to the thing. It was like a hero clicks little group this guy does at his library or church or whatever, and oh, they all cool. had, they all had t-shirts, and it was like really sweet. Like they had like sick t-shirts and stuff. They all matching. And so let me tell you something. This kid's team was actually a little scary, and I'll tell you why. He had both shifting all the shifting focus Doctor Stranges, a couple shifting focus Deadpool's, and if he knows how to use shifting focus Deadpool, because I love shifting focus Deadpool. If he knows how to use them, this could be a little scary. And he basically kind of did my normal strategy with shifting focus Deadpool, but he was missing like some of the like the biggest ones for me. Uh, that's the I'm gonna heal Deadpool, and then either the X Men Deadpool or the Heroes Fire Deadpool is great for Collins to help those in on turns. And then he was also missing the I'm Tiny Deadpool, but he still had the free move Deadpool and other common Deadpools. And the scariest part about this team was he had Thorbuster, and he had a few other figures, I don't remember what they were, but Thorbuster directly counters uh, Mystical and Asgardian characters, and just so happens Scourge and Shredder Clone are Mystical and Asgardian uh, in their own respective ways. So this was actually really hard. I, I obviously, like, I feel bad. Like, it's a kid. Uh, I feel bad about destroying him, so... I totally just gave him a ton of advice throughout the entire game. Like, you're, I see, I saw him switching to a whatever version of Deadpool. The 11 attack Deadpool who does two damage, and he can like do little shooty things. And he was gonna shoot Colossus when I called him in, and I just said, I'm gonna stop you right there. Uh, Colossus has Invincible. You deal two damage penetrating, and you're just not going to get through Invincible with that, so I'm going to tell you just to, to straight-up attack somebody else and just be aware of that in the future. So, basically, whenever you play against a kid, especially if it's on any kind of tournament at all, or anyone who's new with the game, totally teach them how to use their team better and give them any advice afterwards in the game. But that doesn't mean you have to let them win, because I don't like it when people let me win, because you can kind of tell when they let you win, so... But he was great. It was really cool, and it was actually kind of fun trying to go through Thorbuster, since every time I hit him, he healed. But no, it was a, that was another great game. The next game after this I played, and this was my hardest game of the day, it was against Alex Rosado. And if you go to the Facebook, look at the top eight. He's like top six, I believe. Look at the picture that I took of him. It is it is like the most funny thing in the world. Because you see Zach, one of the guys who also was top eight, uh, Devin, happy little hero clicks, and you see Edward Sheldon. They're all in the background, and they all are looking super weird. So, like, there's Alex. Oh, he's actually fourth place. Oh, sick. His X-Men team was great. But, like, go to Facebook, look at it. Zach is, like, set his arm over the chair. He's, like, super chill, like, whatever. And then, like, Edward Sheldon's just, like, looking straight at him, like, all right, cool, we're going to play Hero Clicks. And then you see Devin in the background, who's just shrugging with this completely lost look on his face. Like, he has no idea what's going on. It's hilarious, just everything going on in the background of this photo. No, but Alex's team was the Chase Magneto, the Morgan McTaggart, 25-point Professor Xavier Headmaster, and a few other, I think, Lee Cheney. And this team was terrifying. He had a ton of ID cards, and this is exactly what he did. He would, he used the Wonder Woman map, obviously an X-Men theme team, so he had won every map every single time he played. He would play in the Wonder Woman barn map. He would, he was the first turn, he would mind control a bunch of people with Professor X, with Professor X, he would make them move and stuff, right? So, 
We later found out that it doesn't quite work this way, but he moved Shredder Clone to kill uh, a bunch of, not a bunch of people on my team, obviously, but he killed a Marijoid, which is the biggest thing. Losing a Marijoid right away always hurts my team. And pretty much Shredder Clone sidestepped and did his own thing to my guys, which really blew. And then what he would do is, because he has a stupid crazy range of Professor X and all his perplexes he gets from Headmasters, he would go inside the Wonder Woman barn and he would call in Colossus, make him move around the Wonder Woman barn because he destroys blocking, and then he would disappear. And then they would just hide inside all that blocking terrain he made with no other entrance besides on the far side of the map, which he came through. Yeah, that was disgusting. I made like 10 points that game because he called in two characters and it basically went like this. Once I saw what he was doing with the mind control, I instantly made Shredder Clone go back, pick up the axe. I moved Scourge into a spot, and I placed the thing. This is probably the bad thing, is I put Scourge down right away. But that way he couldn't be moved and placed, period, which was awesome, because all Xavier's mind control does is move people, if he wants to target a ton. And then I basically had Shredder Clone making his way to them, but obviously I'm so slow, and he can have Luva Cheney in a heartbeat, pick up the team, move them all over, and pick him up and move him back. My team is very unmobile, and it actually came a point in the game where I'm like, well, whatever. I'm just I just started destroying blocking terrain to try to get into the a, the barn because it was only like two walls, like two little squares of blocking terrain. I did not win this game. It was a really bad defeat. There might have been a way where I could have actually scored more points because he didn't kill Shredder Clone or Scourge. Uh, he didn't kill Darwin. He did get he got like literally 45 points I think because of the Collins Domino and Ameridroid. My last game was also against a guy who was kind of new because he was playing the Captain and the Venom Punisher Chase, and he had a few of you like Eric Madison and a whole thing, a few of this stuff. Um, and I, I always hate going into games with like this false uh, confidence. Where I'm like, I'm just going to win this game because he's not playing meta stuff, you know? And I, I assume that's how some people probably thought again, uh, playing against me. So I go in and I definitely had to make sure to pick up that axe. But this is also a game where I sweeped. Uh, and it was cool. I made top eights. I got my War Machine. I got my D card. Then I played in the top eight, very first round, I play Lucas Van Holland. Uh, he's really good. He's a fellow South Dakotan, and he is really stupid good at the game. I'm going to take a swig of water. Because uh, I'm kind of fighting the cop. Uh, he was playing Goblin King at 175. He was the number one guy in the WKO. Uh, two Carnages, Surtur, and Bizarro Green Arrow for a five-man monster theme team. Uh, two Collins, Nick Fury, and Green Arrow. And then he had, like, the Mirror. And what was the last thing? It was 12 points. Through Intelligence, of course. Uh, he's a great player, and he totally deserves to win. I, I just... I played the team like I would play it against anything else, and that's what was wrong. As I just, I put Scourge in the boxing ring, I did whatever, all that. And like then he's just like, well, I'm gonna pulse wave you. I'm like, well, yeah, it can't be ignored. It can be ignored. So yeah, go ahead and pulse wave me. And it's like, uh. And then I try to do something cool with Shredder Clone by calling in Peace Machine, TKing him all the way up, sidestepping next to him, dealing him like not actually because he chose an invincible turn before. Oh, by the way, he took care of Darwin like that. Uh, Surter kills Darwin. Uh, super easy, and then also killed Ameridroid, which really hurt me, and then yeah, so it would actually be better to have Leech in this case, because then I can just say you can't choose 
Pulse Wave. And then, once he can't use Pulse Wave, he has no way of getting around Scourge's 20 defense or anything else. So now that I figured out how easy it was, like, he dealt Goblin King at 175 one damage. Uh, he's got a deep dial, and then he actually just regened it back up anyways. Yeah, so if you're a smart player, can easily get around Darwin, and it actually, you don't even have to be that smart of a player to do it. Not saying that Tom isn't a wicked smart player, because he is. Lucas, I call him Tom, I call him by his middle name for some reason. That was weird. Uh, no, Lucas is a stupid smart player, and he deserves a WKO win, and he deserves that $200 dog. Uh, but yeah, so my future goal is I'm probably never going to run Darwin ever on a team, because if you want to run Darwin, you have to run the security officer, and that's whatever 60 points you don't need to waste um, on, like, Darwin and stuff. So, yeah, just using Leech and keeping him all the way in the back, saying you can't use Pulse Wave or you can't use Shape Change or Invincible or whatever, is much better. That was constructed. And honestly, that night I was like, okay, sweet, I went pretty far. I got the War Machine. War Machine is the only figure I really cared about out of all those. So I was like super happy. And then we ran into a ton of fans that day. So I ran into, I'm going to say, name drops people. Seth Davis, thank you so much for hanging out with us. That was great. Jacob Marcus, it was super great to talk to you and hang out. That was also awesome. By the way, happy little hero kicks. And starting over podcast with there, Dark Logos. So go check them out. Uh, happy little hero kicks was videotaping games the entire time. It was awesome. There were so many stupid good teams. I'm going to go over the top eight really quick. I already covered Lucas's team, which was number one. Edward Shelton's team was Deadpool and a Merc Jet. And the Deadpool Merc Jet, sorry. And Bizarre Granero and Domino and, like, Carnage with Collins and stuff. It was a cool team, and I know exactly why I ran it. He ran it because no one knows what the Merc Jet does, and that's just kind of like a fact. I know. I didn't know. Uh, Chris, do you know what the Merc Jet does? I, don't. I have no idea what it does. Yeah, see? Apparently, it doesn't take penetrating damage, and it's got a deep dial, so, like, that's cool. Uh, third place, Zach Pogany. Super cool dude. Running just Goblin King at full points, the box <laughs> ring, and a mirror. Like, that is so sick that he was running full point Goblin King. I absolutely loved it. Uh, then, fourth was Alex. Uh, I already told you about his disgusting X-Men theme team. Then, fifth was Devin. Uh, from Ethical Hero Clicks, he played Hella, Kite Man, hell yeah, hell and yeah. Tribbles. And he put <laughs> Hella in the Tribbles to make, like, all the pogs and stuff. It was awesome. It was stupid cool. Uh, then, at sixth place, we had Isaac Dank. I, I hope your name is Dank. Maybe it's Denki. I don't know. It'd be sweet if it was Dank. Uh, he had a shorter team and really sick Collins. Then was Jacob Marcus, seventh place, who was, once again, a fan of the podcast. He was running... Uh, Sheba Shredder, which is like the black, the, uh, I don't know how to say it, like the black sheep of all the Shredders. Like, no one ever plays Sheba Shredder normally, and he was playing Sheba Shredder. He rocked it, and he was doing great. Uh, really enjoyed talking with him, too, and playing a battle royale. And then eighth place was yours truly. Just so you know. Just saying. And by the way, there was a, uni <laughs> there was a Unimind played, and there was also a Flash God of Death played. A Flash God of Death got ninth place, I believe. I was kind of expecting Flash to do a little bit more in the meta than uh, than whatever, than what he's doing. Um, congratulations on making top eight. Oh yeah, baby. What Calder didn't tell anybody is that there were only ten players. There were ha 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 ha. That's so funny. <laughs> there were actually twenty-two players. This is oh, like, okay, okay. This was the biggest showing actually at WKO I've had. I think yeah, twenty-two players. It was actually a pretty good amount. That's Next, exciting. though, 
Did it make you feel like a uh, rock star when you have people that are like, oh my god, oh my god, when he was like, are you like seriously? So I was, if you saw me or some pictures on Facebook, I had a, I bought like white shirts, literally the day before, uh, and then some fabric markers, and I'm like, I gotta rep my podcast, like you know, let's do it. And I made a dialage for Hero Quick shirt, and on the back it said Sexy Ranch Hand, so that way whenever. I was sitting down at a table. You can see the top part, like my shoulders and stuff. Yeah. And, like, Edward Sheldon right away was like, yo, man, rep yo stuff. And he was like, that was so cool. Thank you, Edward Sheldon, first off. And then second, everybody's like, you're, you're from Dallas, you're here? I'm like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the ranching guy. I'm that hick from South Dakota. Plays here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I actually, I came in with the cowboy hat and everything. And I try to, that's the nice hat. So when I work, I don't wear a cowboy hat. Fun fact. Unless it's stupid sunny and I'm going to burn everything on my face. But I was always, like, wearing my cowboy hat. I had my boots on. And it's like, oh, yeehaw, the cowboy's here. I'm like, you're darn right the cowboy's here. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, you Wait, you wore actual cowboy boots and did play Heroclix? Dude, yeah. I Okay, I pretty much dude, wear dude, cowboy yeah. boots. Like, anywhere I go, I'm pretty much wearing cowboy boots. Like, hey, I very awesome. rarely. You do you, boo. You yeah, do you. darn right. Uh, so, no, what was great is after this WKO, uh, a bunch of us, the top eight and a ton of other people, went out and we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And we had wings and we all, you know, told stories, had fun. You know, I got made fun of for ordering salad, so I got pressured into buying wings. Because I was not... <laughs> I. I had to eat some mighty junk food earlier that day because there was McDonald's and Burger King and a gas station with, like, the lunch choices that were near Sparta Comics. Sparta Comics. Sparta Games. And I was like, ah, gas station is where I'm going to get probably the best food compared to Burger King and McDonald's. And it was still gas station food. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm ordering a Caesar salad. And if you guys got a problem with that, fight me. But I also ordered some, some wings just so I don't completely lose any cred I might have. Ridiculous, well, but no, it was great. It was great uh, talking with everybody. It was awesome. I'm glad you had a uh, good, good experience, man. That's really cool. But we're not done yet, Chris. Oh, there's still more. This, oh my gosh, is there more? So there's, there's so gonna, much more. This is like the best part about more. Uh, second day, Sunday was the WKO at Krypton Comics. It was X Men Sealed. And we're kind of all talking, whatever. Finally, time to open boosters. I just grabbed two boosters on this big Jenga pile that they made. Everybody else is, like, taking some from the middle and top. I just grabbed two straight from the top. And I'm like, I don't care what I play. I'm just going to play it, see how it goes. I have never won a sealed game in my entire life. Uh, The one month of Civil War I played, the one month of War Light I played, the Guardians of the Galaxy sealed I played. No, I've never, ever won a sealed, ever. I opened my first booster, it's Professor X Dreamer, and I'm like, well, I guess it's true. To this day, I'm still never going to win a sealed, because, wow, that's horrible. Professor X Dreamer is not only, like, the worst super rare in the set, he's probably one of the worst figures just in the set, period. Just because of how bad his negative is, is that your opponent's going to plus one damage for the rest of the game once he dies. But the key to that is never letting him die. And you know what I did, Chris? I never let him die. Whoa, whoa, that's just astounding. <laughs> I died twice in out of all the games, but like then he was like the last character to die, so I was pretty happy. So my first booster was like Professor X, I got an Iceman, I got a Cyclops, uh, like Cuckoo or something else. Second booster, though, I'm like, I, I got to get something good in order to win this. I pull a Chase Angel and a Rare M, and then I realize, well, this is the team. This is the dream team. 
Professor X Dreamer, Uncommon Iceman, Uncommon Cyclops, Rare M, and then Chase Angel. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Blade. Let's play Hero Clicks. And then, very first game, I go against Zach Pogany. No, sorry, wait, I went against Lucas. Lucas's team was nuts. It had Gold Balls, it had two more McTaggarts, it had Jean Grey, and it had a bunch of stuff. Basically, he was using all his crazy perplexes to turn Gold Balls into a freaking cannon and just destroy people. I actually whittled through a lot of his team, and it wasn't until right at the end when the ex-student TK'd an object into Xavier that he won, but it still put me at a lot of points. Next team, I went against another guy from the top eight yesterday. It was Zach Pogany. He got third place. His team was like Sprite. Uh, he had Icarus. He had Beast. Basically, everybody on his team had Super Senses. But then, after I started picking him apart, I was using Professor X for TK, and then whenever he could do it, because he doesn't actually need Line of Fire. It's just within range for his plus one to defense for everybody. I felt pretty confident since he was up on a building, uh, giving everybody plus one and taking damage. He has the exact same click Identical first three clicks, which is just willpower, TK, shape change. But he also only has five clicks, so you have to be a little wary. I'm going to cough. <coughs> Man. Yeah, that's so much fun. So basically, it came time where everybody was actually surrounded Angel. Like, Beast was taking swings at him. I had whittled down everybody a little bit, and this is why I didn't go straight for, oh, I'm going to kill you a bunch, and then I'm going to kill you. The reason I didn't specifically target people was because all I had to do was get the Angel bomb off. Sprite, when you kill her, she deals damage to you, and I did not want anybody taking damage from that, so I waited until the very last moment, and he's like, okay, I charge with Angel, give him a token, because he has charge on his very last click with, with the Angel Bomb. I blow Angel up, and I kill his entire team. And I'm like, well, that's the game. And so I uh, shook his hand, and I was like, all right, on to the next round. Uh, I went against uh, another guy. Uh, it was Jamie something. I feel bad if I uh, forget your name. You're listening to this, but I know it was Jamie something. He was great. Uh, his kid was also there, and his he had a good team. He had Venus de Milo, and a few other characters on his team. And I'm trying to remember who else. He had the super rare angel, I think. Basically, he also won map too, which was like rough. But it came down to M, and his Venus de Milo, and it was seriously where I would just hit her. She would roll regeneration. I would hit her again. No, I wouldn't. I would. Yeah, she is indomitable. I'd hit her again. She'd roll regeneration. I would clear. She would clear. We'd hit her again. Roll regeneration. It wasn't until she flooded the regeneration roll and I hit her and she died. Was that was the end? And it was like ten minutes left on the clock. It was a little, little close there. So I won that game. I was feeling pretty confident. Very last game in the four before the cut was this dude who also had a chase angel, and he had the brood Professor X Prime, and he had Chamber and like some TK and stuff. John, this guy, was a really good player. Oh my gosh. I've never played a game in Heroclix where I've had to concentrate so hard. Besides the one Unimind game I played a long, long, long time ago, and that's only because that was actually kind of close. This well, was insane. So he would basically, he would TK, do whatever, and anytime someone died, he turned to a brute. Our game was literally super close. It came down to just his Jean Grey and his brood, uh, Professor X, and he ended up killing people. And I just, I, so I was two and two with a lot of points because I sweeped all these other teams. I basically swept most of his team besides brood, Professor X, and I won Jean Grey. I was just crossing my fingers. I had enough points to get into the top eight. I actually did, and I was like, wow, we're flying so high right now. I'm thinking super wide. Uh, so I was just 
absolutely through the roof, making it to the top eight. I was so excited. And basically, my team strategy, just because I hadn't even even said what my team strategy is yet, was uh, Archangel. Arch- I keep wanting to call him Archangel because he's Age of Apocalypse, but no, it's just Angel. He has stealth, and if I didn't keep him next to people, so I would have him carry up Professor X, and he'd sidestep two squares away, so we would have shape change, because when he's next to someone, he doesn't get it. When he's not, he gets it, which is dope. I would put him in a hindering terrain, and then I would put most everybody in a line behind him, or if there was any other debris, off to the side of him. So he was basically blocking most of the time. Uh, M would carry up Cyclops, because he has leadership. She also has X-Factor. And then Bobby would just walk, because I just... I literally didn't... Bobby literally did pretty much nothing besides use Barrier once, and that was it. Like, he was super useless throughout most of the game. Pretty much through every game I ever played. And then Professor X... Up and then if Professor X could make an attack, I would give him to make an attack just so I would deal with unavoidable. Uh, and yeah, barely everybody. Okay, so by the way, I hit almost every single shape change roll Professor X, and it was disgusting. Uh, I missed like twice. That was it. I felt bad. Uh, so, anyways, I end up making top eight, and I have to instantaneously fight John again, the guy who I just lost to. So I'm like, okay, let's psych up. Lucas comes by and like, so who'd you focus on first last? I'm like, well, I focused on Chamber because he had poison. Like take out Professor X right away. Or if you're going to focus on someone, kill them in one turn, that's it. If you can't kill them in one turn, forget about them. I'm like, okay, got it. I'll do that. I'll do it. Do it. Focus, 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 focus. And I'm like, I'm sweating. Like, I take the hat off. You know, I'm like, I don't want sweat on my hat band. And I'm just, huh. I go in to play this game. I put Angel at the top. He TKs out Professor X. I pass my first turn. Do all this stuff. Then he's like, all right, cool. Well, if you're not going to move, I'm going to move. And he TKs up Professor X all the way, sidesteps with his Professor X brood. And he's like, I'm going to mind control Angel. I'm like, Angel's in stealth. No, he's not. He's like, yeah, actually, he is. he's on printed hindering train right now. And so he's like, oh, shoot. So we can only target M and Iceman. He missed M with his mind control. He hit Iceman. He was going to punch uh, Iceman. Uh, going to punch Cyclops Iceman. He rolls a crit miss, so Iceman just takes one. But he left Professor X completely out in the open, and I was like, yes, 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 yes. I get everybody up on the side. Uh, Professor X is out of anybody's TK range. They would have to move and then TK him up, uh, or he'd have to sidestep back, which he did. Uh, and I actually ended up doing, because I think he put everybody at some weird angle. I actually don't know what happened in this little part. Oh, yeah, because he TK'd up Chamber next. That's why he didn't waste it on getting Professor X back. So this game was super stupid close, which I'm going to go in a little bit of detail about it, but Angel... Uh, ended up doing a lot of good work. By the way, Angel has revenge tokens. I completely forgot about them. Almost every single game. I'm not gonna lie, because I just... Normally he would kill the people that had revenge tokens on them anyways when he blew up. So yeah, I, I don't know. It was weird, but I pretty much never used the revenge token thing. Like, ever. Even though it's really stupid good, I almost never used it. Basically, the rest of this game, it was just boom, take a name. I actually killed Chamber in one shot. Because Chamber's good. He has enhancement. He's got penetrating side glass. He's penetrating poison. He's really good. And I killed Chamber right away. I took out all his support with M. I basically kept M on ledge, and then she would go down, swoop up, come back to the ledge, kill support just so they couldn't draw line of fire to her, you know, on top of elevated terrain. Professor X, uh, he tried to bomb Angel. He used his bomb on just Angel. Angel did a stop click, and then when Angel died, he wanted to see if his revenge token that Angel got would kill him. It didn't kill Angel. So then I moved up Angel, blew up all of his team, and that really destroyed his Professor Xavier. 
Then I killed Professor Xavier, his brood Xavier with M. After that, uh, M got killed with, by I think, oh, Jean Grey. And then it was just Jean Grey and Professor X. Like, that was it. My Professor X was on his fourth click. He had only three plot points, because I hadn't actually used his ability at all this entire game. His fourth click is, just so everybody knows, Professor Extremer. He's got six movement mind control, nine attack blank, 18 defense, super senses, three damage with enhancement. He hits harder, but he doesn't hit very often since he has low attack. Jean Grey had like an eight attack, but she had like six movement with sidestep. He, it was basically, he realized, he like looked at the points. He saw that I was an even 300 and he was like 295. So he's like, I've got five points up on you pretty much is how he looked at it. Because Professor X and this Jean Grey are both 50 points. I'm like, nah, we're not, I'm not losing by five points. I'm not losing the top eight again. For five or six good turns, it was just Jean Grey moving, Jean Grey moving, Jean Grey moving, Professor X finally basing her, and then she would roll breakaway. Jean Grey moving, Professor X finally break, you know, basing her, she would roll breakaway. And that just hurt my head. And I'm like, this, I absolutely hate games like this. Fight me like a man. I obviously wouldn't say that, but I mean, just like, that's how I feel when games like that is like when it's running away. I hate running away. I totally understand why he did it because he's got, I've got an 18 defense and he's rolled 10. That, you know, it makes sense. He's going to win. But finally, he's like, whatever. I based him again. He's like, I'm just going to take a swing. Jean Grey goes to take a swing. She misses. She has like a 15 defense. Professor X, I need a six. And even if I miss, I at least made an attack, and then I can give myself a plot point, then I can use my number four plot point, or whatever. I kind of had a little plan. I roll a six, I kill Dream Grey, boom, that's the win. That was the most nerve-wracking game I'd ever played. And so, <laughs> you ever seen those videos where it's like Hitler or whatever, and he's like yelling in German, but like, before he starts yelling, his hand's all shaky, and he goes to take off his glasses... That is, oh, yeah, yeah. The I, meme that's been used about a billion times. Super old meme at this point. But, like, that's how my hands were. I was just, like, picking up my pieces, moving them back, and they were just shaking. I was like, huh. That was so close. Because I really hate playing games twice against people, especially when I lose the first time. And the fact that I won this so narrowly, my stomach was in a pit. I actually stepped outside. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up right now. I'm going to throw up. And I didn't. Thank goodness. Next game, though, was against uh, Lucas. And I played, just because of how insane and intense that last game was, I played even smarter this time against Lucas, and I actually beat him. So once I beat him, I'm like, oh, sick, I just got Mandarin. That's cool. Then I realized, oh, it's top two. It's me against Edward Sheldon, like, for all the money. Like, is this seriously happening? I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take another breather. <sighs> and then I, like, didn't throw up. All right, cool, let's go back inside. Woohoo! We've got our wits. It, and this is insane. I want everybody to watch. Uh, so go to, uh, we're going to link it in the podcast show notes. But Happy Little Hero Clicks recorded my two top eight games I did. Where one was against Lucas, which is a super great game, by the way. It's actually really fun. And the one against Edward, which is a really great game. And he had, man, what's that kid's name? Kid Gladiator, two common Cyclopses, and Mystique. I I did the one thing I know never works, and I kind of did a little bit of an alpha strike with M, and I left her totally open to get hit, and then she was taken care of one turn. Uh, I could I could go through actually every single thing that happened, but I'm just gonna up saying King Gladiator is really good when he KOs somebody because then he has 12 attack and like five damage. It's nuts. What I should have done right away, and this is like 
was my plan, was to TK up Cyclops and get Cyclops one solid hit on Kid Gladiator just to deal him, like, three or four penetrating damage. Probably going to be three, since I would complex up his attack, make it only a five to hit. But, uh, yeah, that was my one goal, and I totally didn't do it. And he played smart, like, Ever Sheldon is a great player. That's just, like, period. But go check out. So he won. He got to take home the $200 dog. I got Death's Head, Mandarin, War Machine, and ID card. I instantaneously sold Death's Head uh, for 25 bucks because I really wanted to buy a sandwich, and I realized I'd use my... <laughs> What's more important, eating or some more arrow clicks? Be right. Uh, by the way, McAllister's makes really good sandwiches. I did not know this. Why didn't anybody tell me this? I want to thank Seth Davis for going out and getting me a sandwich, and then uh, me giving you money, paying him for the sandwich. That was, that was great. <laughs> they also make really good mashed potatoes. Uh, ham sandwich is great. Uh, anyways, so yeah, that was my WizKids adventure. Those are like some of the most stressful games I ever played. It was super fun. Talking with all the fans was great. Just interacting with everybody was awesome. Uh, but yeah, go check out those Hypical Hero Clicks videos if you really want to see, like, the mind of Hero... Because he made it, like, super fun. Like, he edited the Edward Shelton and me video. He has, like, me in the thumbnail and Edward in the thumbnail, and it's like, podcast fight. And we're, like, talking. <laughs> podcast fight. <Yeah. laughs> uh, like, before we started playing the game, he was like, dude, whoever loses the game has to quit podcasting forever. I'm like, I'm not putting that many stakes on the Hero Clicks game. But that would be really cool in a different, like, more hardcore scenario. But yeah, it was it was super cool. Does that mean I have to get a, another co-host? Bye, called her bye. Uh, Seth Aaron is officially the permanent co-host, and Jamie. <laughs> One of these days, maybe. Hey, oh wow, Chris is like, oh, please call me, I guess. But yeah, that was my. And then after I won, uh, won, uh, won second, which was still really cool. Like I placed way higher than I thought I would ever get in WKO. It was super sweet playing all these games. The fact that I got a, and I'm, I'm sorry, Lucas, for listening to this, but the fact that I beat you really made me happy because every single time we ever played before this, uh, I lost. So I was like, yes, because Lucas is a really good player. So being able to like beat him once felt really felt great. That was my confidence booster. Hopefully, you think that's funny or you're like, Calder would kill like that. Otherwise, so yeah, that, those are my WK adventures. It was super fun. It was great meeting everybody. It was great hanging out with everybody. Everybody who said hi when they said I had that Valley Trio shirt on, that was so sick and so dope. Keep on doing that, guys. You guys are so amazing. Uh, just meeting people. Like, it's like It feels like, you know, me and Chris, we sit in this podcast every week, and we kind of talk to ourselves, talk to our computers, which is great. And we, like, we throw it off into, like, the abyss to go get listened to. And then actually to see some fans, like, come up and, like, recognize me was, like, cool. So that was great. That was awesome. That is really cool. Um, we, re- we definitely need our egos inflated more than they are. Um so there's that. The only people that Calder has to talk to on a regular basis are his cows. Uh, well, hey, don't be rude to Bessie and Bertha, man. They're <laughs> getting by. Um, so, all right then. Is that everything you want to say about the WKO? Yeah, and then I drove uh, five hours home that night. So, yes, that is everything I want to say about the WKO. Okie dokie. We're going to move on to some other information uh, for Heroclix. We did get a spoiled Hulk uh, free comic book day figure dial. It's the same sculpt as the one from Thor Ragnarok, uh, which is what I've actually said before is a really, really cool sculpt. Uh, it's Hulk with the gladiatorial outfit on, and he's got, like, what looks like an engine on the end of a stick, and he beats people with it. We have a 100-point figure, six-click long dial, first three clicks of charge, second three clicks of flurry, 
Starts with 9 speed, 10 attack with a special attack power. Special attack power is called Hammer Smash. Gives him Quake, Super Strength. When Hulk uses Quake after resolutions, give each hit character an action token. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, Avengers, Brute, Cosmic, Monster, Warrior keywords, as well as having ignores hindering terrain for movement purposes. Starts with top dial 18 defense with Invincible. He does have Indom. And he has an entire dial of Battle Fury. Starts off top dial with three. This is very much an old school Hulk dial in that he gets better the more damage he takes. So his attack actually goes 10, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12. Uh, he does not have that special attack power on the last three. He goes from three clicks of Invincible to three clicks of Impervious. And click five and six, he has 19 defense. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, clicks four through six. He has Flurry, so 100 points, landing on click 6, you can dish out 12 clicks of damage in one turn, if you roll correctly. But with 12 attack, you probably should, so... Calder, do you think this character, this figure needs some milk or no? No, dude, I think he has strong bones, as it is. Like, this Hulk strong is bones, amazing. Strong bones? You said, uh, before we were recording, uh, that this one's actually better than what came out in the regular set. I think so. Personally, I think this is like a way better Hulk than what came out in the actual uh, Thor movie set. Like literally uh, either Hulk. Like, agree. Like you want to say, oh, he's a hundred points and he's got two more clicks. I'm like, nah, but really, what are those two more clicks going to get you? Like, as opposed to the super high damage this guy does with his flurry and his actually printed five damage is so dope. Oh yeah. Best part about this figure are the names of his invincible and impervious powers, which are Hulk-like fire. And then Hulk like real fire, like raging fire. That's great. <laughs> that is a line directly from the movie. If you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, so go check that out when you get a chance. Moving on, hero clicks, information, rules, updates, as well as a modern rotation list. Calder, you want to pick one of these and talk about it? Uh, I'm going to go cover some of the rules they are talking about here. Boop, 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 go for boop. it. Yeah. Hey, HeroClix fans. Thanks for They're basically just getting back to us on some of the other things uh, based on some of the feedback. They wrote a few more little sidebars and stuff. And so they're going to look at certain characters later in the year. Uh, so someone pointed out they didn't have a rule governing what happens to held objects when a character is replaced. So they added more rules specifying that an object is dropped into one of the replaced character's squares. You know, so that really is not posted in the rules forms. Yay. And is effective upon added to the upcoming core rules. Uh, one thing they felt again was tension. Being rule covers a broad whatever range. They talk about all sorts of fun stuff, which is so great. Like, I sure do love Heroclix, but, like, let's be honest, nah. Basically, they said these are all the powers that they're going to be looking at balancing in the coming, like, years. These are the standard powers that may underperform some of their expectations or possibly overperform. So they're going to change up Force Blast, maybe. Yeah, they're going to look, okay, I'm just going to say they're going to look at, they're going to look at changing up maybe Earthbound Neutralize, Force Blast, Leap Climb, and Phase and Teleport, Super Strength, Charge and Combat Reflexes, Mind Control, Battle Fury, Pulse Wave and Quake, and also Outwit. And they also kind of wanted to, they go in to say uh, thank you to everybody who took the time to write in. So, if you hear your, your names and initials, uh, Brett M, Chad A, Marcus J, Derek C, Antonio G, Glenn S, Dusty K, Stefano D, uh, McConnell L, I think I knew who that is, uh, Rob W, Malcolm R, I think I know who that is too, Chris, ooh, uh, Patrick I, Alexander R, Eric S, David's B and C, I think maybe we know who one of those is, yeah. 
Matthews, CNS, Nate's, CNW. So thank you, everybody, who uh, shared their feedback. It's great. I love how we have multiple listeners in the list of people that WizKids think. Yeah. But awesome. WizKids will never acknowledge that we exist as a podcast. I'm sorry. Wait, who are we? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> Is this just for crisis? Like, what are we? <laughs> podcast. All so right. we're basically we got an article that said that they're going to come out. With, they're going to come out with another article. That is pretty much exactly what that means. Yes. Okay. Yeah, all right. right. Uh, Hero rotation. Basically, here's what you need to know about Hero rotation. Uh, everything without a black card, with the exception of the Civil War slop, is gone. Um, I, I do want to point this out. This was posted, and then probably in less than a half hour, not only was this article posted, but it got thrown onto the Heroclix subreddit. And then I made a comment about how they messed up, and in the Fast Forces, they completely accidentally left off the fact that they were getting rid of the world's finest Fast Forces, even though in the five-figure booster set, it said the actual World's Finest set. Yeah. And I was like, so let me get this straight. They forgot to get rid of World's Finest. And then I kid you not, in like less than another half hour, they had already updated their own article. So I'm uh, wondering, does someone does someone that work at WizKids frequent the Heroclix subreddit? And they're like, oh, crap, we forgot that this, this that's, guy's right. That's, that's awesome. It's a conspiracy theory. No, they probably don't go onto the onto oh. the, the, oh. the subreddit, oh. but in my head, oh, that's gosh. what made the most amount of sense. So I thought it was funny. That's... Also, this is important to note: they're getting rid of all of the ID cards, um, which hurts me. That Marvel has made, with the exception of the X Men ID cards. Yep. All all the Marvel and DC ID cards. They're even getting rid of the con exclusive DC ID cards, which got their lifespan incredibly cut short. So that hurts. Bizarro. Sorry, Bizarro. Green Arrow, a lot. Not having an ID card, because no one is going to pay 80 points. Okay, I personally don't think anyone's going to pay 80 points in any version of the meta where they just play him actually to keep on their team, as opposed as just a five-point ID card call-in. Yeah. That hurts. Uh, in, in addition to that, we're going to lose the Brainiac Skull Ship, as well as the exceptionally uber-meta Abominable Snowman. Oh, man. So, <laughs> I'm sorry for all of you guys out there that were like, ah. Oh, I only have six of these, and they're silver ring, and I can't wait to use all of them, except for I can't. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh. Sorry. So. Okay, well, there's that. Let's move on. I'm not sure if anyone out there knew this, and by that I mean everyone knows this, and I'm sure everybody has seen it at this point, but Deadpool 2 trailer has come out. Now, previously mentioned on the podcast, we talked about how uh, first screening, I'm sorry, like test screenings of this movie were rumored to be going down pretty horribly and that the movie didn't look like it was actually going to be that good, but man, this trailer looks sweet too. It looks just so like the awesome. the trailer did. So I don't know what those people were thinking. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I had like no hopes for the first Deadpool. I'm like, if it's bad, it's still Deadpool and it's still going to be funny if it's bad. This one is like, it's Deadpool. So even if it's bad, it's going to be funny. There's also going to be Cable, Domino, all right, Dopender's coming back, and now you're telling me that Terry Crews is going to be in an X-Men movie, pretty much? Oh, this would be the worst movie in the world if it's got Terry Crews in it. 
It's awesome. I love me some Terry Crews. And he's Bedlam. So, yeah, right? So <laughs> uh, also in the trailer is Surge. That's going to be the blue-haired chick that looks like she's shooting lightning out of a, like, I, I don't know, chain thing. Domino was in there as well. Uh, Negasonic Team Warhead is in there. Now, they drastically changed her powers from the comics to be in the Fox Deadpool universe. But that's cool. She was still pretty awesome. Yeah. And as we all know and love, Deadpool getting uh, just a handful of Colossus's butt. That was awesome. All up in, all up in that <laughs> trailer. So check that out if you haven't. That's really cool. Speaking of Deadpool, just because we at Dial H like to pretend like we are actual good journalists. We follow up on stories. Yeah, the yeah, Deadpool yeah, animated yeah. series got canned. <laughs> so for the few of you that were excited about that, uh, it, uh, we we have an article from CBR.com. Uh, I guess Donald Glover and Stephen Glover, which they're brothers. You guys know that I love Donald Glover, but somehow, somewhere, they came across some quote creative differences between FX and the Glover brothers and Marvel Television. So I don't know exactly what happened. I doubt we'll ever know what happened, but what we do know is that Deadpool was canned. So the animated series was canned, so uh, Carter, upset, don't care? I'm a little upset, but I probably wasn't going to watch it. Like, I might have watched it if it was on a streaming service, but yeah. Not, I'm not heartbroken. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep tonight. Speaking of another streaming service, uh, you ever heard of Freeform? Uh, no, I sure haven't, Chris, honestly. Yeah, I hadn't either, but apparently that's what Cloak and Dagger are going to be on. There was a recent Cloak and Dagger trailer that came out. Now, initially, I'm going to say that this looks super sweet. I'm not going to lie. This CGI looks fantastic. It doesn't look like the trailer includes Cloak actually wearing a cloak. Uh, but, I mean, there's plenty of time for him to get a cloak. That's yeah. not a big deal. That's not, I don't think that's actually where his powers emanate from. Or they did originally, and then they kind of like retconned it in the comics to make it from Cloak himself. Uh, but... I can't. I'm not a huge cloak and dagger fan, so I don't know that much about the lore. And realistically, they're not used that much in the comics. They really are. So there's there's not a lot of uh, source material out there for the two. However, this is. I, I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be on the same level of what the the Runaways was. It's very clearly these two that are in high school or around high school age, so it's going to be more drama related. Teen drama. Uh, you get a baby. look. At, yeah, drama. You, you get a look at Tandy's um, light daggers. And then, uh, which, what she uses in the comics, obviously, duh. And then, as well as that, you get to see Tyrone's power coming in. So, it looks pretty sweet. It actually does. I'm, really I'm going to be honest. When they said Cloak and Dagger is going to be a TV show, I'm like, yeah, it's past. But, like, this trailer looks really good. So, definitely going to give it a watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Now, something that Jaylene and I are actually pretty excited for, moving over to the CW universe, is going to be the addition and permanence of Constantine in the Legends of Tomorrow series. So I actually really like the Legends of Tomorrow series. I think they do a really good job of being zany, but at the same time, they can be serious. Now, some weird things have been going on with this series, and they're, uh, like this season, they've been going after like some knockoff Infinity Gems, but... Uh, Constantine is in the show, and I think he got upped for, like, the fourth season of Legends. So they have retconned the original Constantine series, which wasn't part of the CW universe, 
into the CW universe cool. officially because they are they are uh, mentioning things that specifically happened in that series. A character named Astra uh, has me- was mentioned in season three when they brought Constantine into the Legends. Uh, so th- I think I mean if you want to go out there and watch that first season of Constantine, it's now part of the universe. So. I do highly recommend going and watch that. I thought it was really cool. It's really weird. I mean, but it's it's John Constantine. He's all about magic. It's weird, oh, yeah. but it's really cool. And I think he's going to be a very big fit, really well, good fit into the CW universe. Absolutely, Chris. I mean, if you've been a fan of the podcast for a while, you know Dial H loves himself with JC. So, yeah, I love I love Constantine. He's probably one of my one of my favorite DC characters for sure. Um, he's just, he's always, I mean, he's a smart ass. He's always the con man in every situation. He always has a way out. And, um, I do just as a fun little aside, if you have never looked into the history of being able to smoke cigarettes on TV, I, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find an article about this when we get done recording. But um, there's some really weird rules about smoking cigarettes on TV. Huh. Not on, not in movies, but in TV. So you'll catch it, and I, I can't watch Constantine in these shows now and not catch it. Like, you're allowed to light up a cigarette. You're allowed to have a cigarette in your hand. You're allowed to have a cigarette burning in your hand. But you're not allowed to take a puff of the cigarette on, huh. on camera. Interesting. So, like, it's always funny in my head when Constantine whips out a cigarette and he's got that sweet British accent. So he's like, let me get a light, love. And then he goes to light it. And then there's always, always some little interruption. So he doesn't get to actually pop the cigarette. It's super funny if you know to look for that. So I'll see what I can do about finding it. They're really cool. They work their way around that. I like that a lot. It's funny. Yeah, there's always, like, because you you can't have Constantine without him smoking. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, it's Constantine. So, obviously, Dial H does not condone smoking, but that's just a disclaimer. But it is Constantine's character, yep. so I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Uh, last thing that we have in news, this is going to be all you called or go Okay, uh, last bit of news here is Chris Evans has announced that he is done with Captain America after the couple of reshoots they're doing for the fourth uh, Untitled Avengers movie. A uh, little quote is, you want to get off the bus before they kick you off. And I thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah, he's done as Captain America once Avengers Infinity War 4. So it does confirm that his character will be in Avengers Infinity War, or whatever, Part 2, or whatever their untitled thing is going to be called yet, either as flashbacks, but I'm in the camp that hopefully he survives Infinity War, and he shows up in this one, and then maybe he'll get the axe in this. But I want to see as much Cap uh, for as long as we can before Evan says goodbye to the role. I Calder and I previously had spoken about this, and we both kind of agree that if Chris Evans is just out, gone, he put in his time. He did a really great, great job, job as Captain America. We we both agree that if he's gone, it's it's okay. He definitely has fulfilled the role, has done a really good service to the character of Steve Rogers. And if he's gone, he's gone. There's there are multiple people that could pick up the shield in the future. That's fine. That's a natural progression of comic books. So I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Although before he goes, I want him to either do two things. I want him to pick up that new hammer Thor has. I just I wanted him to pick up Mjolnir, but I guess that's not going to happen yeah, right. anymore. Uh, so or they, they had a few like set photos where they were back during 2012 Avengers times. Did you see those set photos? 
a little while back. I don't remember him, but I probably saw But, him. like, it'd be really cool if you picked up the hammer then. That would be sick. Or I also want to see one one more thing that would be great is if he did the Fear Itself thing where he has just a ton of, like, hunting rifles and shotguns and stuff, and he's doing, like, a scourge stand his ground. He's, like, shooting Nazi war bots and all sorts of stuff. That's my little thing. Obviously, it happened in a different event, so it might not happen here, but it's what I want to see at least once. Uh, but maybe that probably most likely won't happen, but still. Those are my hopes. Don't crush my hopes. <laughs> Don't crush my hopes. Don't touch my spaghetti. Don't touch my spaghetti either. Don't oh. crush my hopes and touch, Don't touch my spaghetti. Oh, uh, wow. Okay, well, this is what we do at Dial H. Uh, Dial H works off the value-for-value value model. Our goal is to entertain you guys and gals, so if you feel that we give you value in your life, consider showing us some love while leveling up your heroic rank so you can earn your heroic titles like Citizen, Vigilante, and Protagonist. Um... Heroic rank level ups occur at the first episode of every month or as you donate via PayPal. So don't forget that names and titles appear in the show notes for the months you contribute to the community as you are a producer of the podcast, which, you know, I was thinking about this. You really are actual producers of the HeroClix podcast when you contribute to our uh, Patreon or via PayPal just because that is what people do in actual Hollywood. People pay in to help out the production of a movie or whatever, and then they get their names thrown in the credits. So you guys being producers, uh, you get your cool title, and then you help out our community. So speaking of community, let's move on to... Uh, this week's community question that we posted on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, as we go through these, I'm going to decide in my head whether I want to go into the Reddit side because we got a lot of answers this week, and I apologize, but my voice is just not holding out very well. <laughs> so I guess we'll see if we make it that far into uh, the question itself. So... The question this week is actually going to be, which figures have performed abnormally well for you when they shouldn't have, or conversely, which figures looked great on paper that they later came to disappoint you? Calder, do you want to start us off on Facebook? Absolutely, and Matt Donham, I couldn't agree more. He said, Batchrock the Leaper from ADW. I play the Batchrock, and he is seriously stupid good. Uh, he said he's taking down people way above his weight class, and that's true, man. Double sidestep, free tax, he's dope. I got an answer from Chris Kurtz. said, I'm going to go with Jane Foster on this one, beastly chick. And I said, but on paper, she already rocks. He said, paper? You mean with words? I only look at the pictures. Uh, but he did go on to say, I've also only rolled ones and sixes when she pops. So that's a Ooh. thing. With, uh, Man, that's so. bad. Poor Jane. Uh, Jacob Weaver, Exodia did not deliver, but Thorn had wrecked many a face. I gotta tell you, I was disappointed when I pulled a thorn in a booster before, but I guess if she works, good job. Got a very quick answer from Ryan Fiddler, which appears to be a new answerer on our weekly Tuesday's community question. Said he's too new to hero clicks to know. I said, well, welcome to Plastic Crack. Don't worry, we all started somewhere. Um, so, yeah, you'll get there eventually. You'll find out what's good in the game, what's not on paper, and then one of those figures, a, cu a couple of those figures will go the exact opposite of what you thought it was going to go. Totally. Somewhere down the line, guaranteed. Professor Eric's, Eric Wadsworth on the Facebook, super rare angel from Xavier School. Even though he's got 10 attack, he's got a ton of utility, 
very hard to hit defense. Yeah, with that free action to like heal a person that has a token or remove someone's token, that is dope. And yeah, that 18 counter reflexes is insane. Totally agree. Uh, we have an answer from Enrageous said the X trainees and X students did surprisingly well as a four of each swarm. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that's eight characters for like a grand total of like 90 points or something dumb like that. I just want to point that out. Um, I was disappointed with Superman, God of Strength, Groot, Thor, Wrecking Crew. Just cannot make them work despite me wanting All them of the to. Wrecking Crew? Oh, that's, that's too bad. That is disappointing. Uh, Brian Poling, King Shark last weekend. Admittedly, it was because I needed to roll five, and I couldn't even deal with three tries. Ah, that's rough. That's actually really rough. Poor King Shark. <laughs> Somebody posted a picture of all of the six, the secret six the other day. I was like, huh, that group doesn't look like it goes together at all, which is probably yeah. the point in the comic book. But, um, Cody Williams said, when I was new, Snowbird came through huge during AVX, took down an AVX Magneto and Count Nefaria almost on her own. Con X Doomsday from last year was both not fun to play and didn't do well for me. Super Doom and Black Lantern Reverse Flash have also underperformed. A couple of things I'm going to say about this comment. One, that is so funny you got a Snowbird to work. I have played Alpha Flight multiple times, and I have never gotten Snowbird to work. So mm -hmm. I'm glad she finally worked for somebody out there. And then uh, I, I think it was Super Doom. I actually played a game against Cody uh, where he was using Super Doom. We ended up playing two games, and... I'm pretty sure I stomped that super around. That sucks. So this his experience might be my shared experience with him. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Paul Chris's fault. So you remember it's Chris's fault. All right, Matt Peterson, Chipmunk Hunk for the win. Dark Flash was a disappointment. <laughs> yes, yes, Chipmunk Hunk. Defeater of Punks, another junk. I love Chipmunk Hunk. That's hilarious. He's great, man. Uh. We have Citizen Collectible said Zombie Morbius looks like an overcosted slug, but he's always a bulletproof tie-up piece that go just goes and goes. ADW Gladiator punches way above his weight. Uh, by the way, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody actually playing that piece, so that's fantastic that someone's like, yes, he's so good. Uh, Crimson Commando, also one of those pieces, uh, is one of my favorite pieces that shines every time I play him, yet I've never seen anyone else play him. You, I mean, you're probably yeah, right. I, Collectible. I don't, I don't know if anyone else plays that. But that's so great that it works for you. He went on to say, uh, GSX Juggernaut, on the other hand, should be a tank, but he always dies quickly. I've never gotten Riptide to be useful. DC 10th Black Lantern Wonder Woman always fails at dice rolls. Always. How have you never gotten Riptide to work? All he's got to do is move and pulse wave for free. It's pretty. Dude, sometimes the dice, like you're like, oh, I, all I need is a seven. That's an average number, right? Okay. Four. Four. Fair. Four. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But I mean, like, you keep trying. I'm pretty sure it'll probably work out. Uh, Zachary Hooligan, Anarchy from Joker's Wild, for both cases. Oh. <laughs> like he's he's amazing sometimes and just got awful the rest of the time. I guess. Okay. Eric. Just Eric, apparently. Um, the old streets of Gotham Deathstroke has done wonders for me. At the time, it wasn't the greatest piece and is worse now, but any time I used him, he shined and has a great sculpt. Agreed on the yeah, sculpt for sure. Nice. Tim Seer. 
I played a sealed Harley Quinn Gotham Girls, and I pulled all commons and uncommons with one rare. So my 300-point team had two big Tonys on it. They would carry each other. <laughs> uh, one would clear, plus perple- double perplex. It worked better than I expected. My Hydra Cap, however, got wrecked, never used again. That's really sad about Hydra Cap, because I love Hydra Cap, but uh, double time in big Tonys is pretty hilarious. King Spectacular said, White Rabbit is my favorite piece. Always do great with her, even when other players ask, are you really using that? <laughs> She's an ultra chase, man. Of course I'm using it. Uh, okay, fair Mike enough. Mike Welch on Facebook. Wolverine, Agent of Hydra, fell into space. Civil War prize. Captain Marvel, however, outperformed Shazam. I, I'm trying to understand how in the world Wolverine... I think... So I own two Wolverine, Agent of Hydra, because I love playing them on the same team, because they can both be close combat beasts together. And, like, y'all are hating on my Hydra figures. My good guys turned Hydra, and you're, like, I'm insane. You guys blow my mind here. <laughs> Greg Miller said, mine would be the world's finest KC Green Lantern. Both WKO I attended, he led off games with crit misses. Oh, <laughs> knocking you off of that 20 defense. That sucks. Um, as for clicks I play against, any of the stop-click hulks, they look great, but fall remarkably easy. Greg Miller, I challenge you, sir, senor, because I love the uh, Nick Fury Hulk with the multiple stop clicks. I always wreck face it's about, that thing. We're going to throw it on the gauntlet here. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I, I don't always, know where Greg Miller I lives. always wreck face oh, with that thing. Greg like, Miller. Oh, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a location set to his Twitter. Chris so I'm not trying really to stalk sure Greg Miller over here. He's like, where does he live? All right. Greg Miller, set your location so I know where you live so I can stalk you. Uh, Mick Miller, Mike Miller. I don't know how to say your name, dude. I'm sorry. It's just with a little C. I don't know if it's Mick or Mike. Uh, Dormammu always does well for me, regardless of point or version that I run. So, like, he says any Dormammu ever. Is- oh, yeah, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Which one? Uh, okay. A friend of mine does really well with Spider Family on Super Senses rolls. Oh, isn't that just the cheekiest thing ever when they just keep getting Super Senses? <laughs> That's when you fill every team with pulse waves. Pulse waves, baby. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this week's Seth Aaron, super fan Seth Aaron and Vigilante, uh, Twitter name Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavored Water. That just sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it does. Wait, you don't? You didn't want that instead of your McAllisters? On your oh no, gosh trip? no! Oh my gosh, dude, that McAllister was like. It was like an actual sandwich from a video game. You could feel health points being restored when I ate that thing. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Seth said, um, SF, uh, Superior Foes, Doctor Strange has come in clutch a lot for me between his defend slash heal dial and his pin side dial. Venom Thor didn't do too well the few times I've played him. Could never get his sweet poison trait to go off and always seems to miss by one when I attack. That is such that a That is horrible. Oh. All right, TJ Hamilton, shifting focus Electra always outperforms her points, and yes, I agree, she is really good. Uh, Coach Steph said, I have an extreme, he put that all in caps, success rate out of the XXS X-Factor figures. I roll those double fives on the attack and wreck house. Honestly, I don't think I ever rolled fives whenever I used any of these X-Students or even Darwin, so like, yeah, I don't know. Um... Dennis Kaufman, title rare Captain Kirk, has yet to be KO'd and yet to fail. Very nice. Right on. 
Uh, Bushido Justin Sly said, I played in WizKids Open Winter in Chico, California. Shout out to Collectors Inc. for hosting great event. The figure that disappointed was XXS Hellion. That's disappointing. I really like Hellion. He's great TK, man, but okay. Sadly, he was disappointed. Guess me and Hellion got something in common. Uh, Chance McCall, uh, Winter Soldier 016, the soldier was ready to comply. Assume that means he, he did good. Jesse Cote, or possibly Cote, I'm not really sure. Uh, they're Midnight and Shifting Focus Doctor Strange. The doctors always have the for what <laughs> ails me. I love nice. that. Thank you. Peter Zachary, first off, sorry for my long novel response last week. Yeah, you're killing Seth here. But yeah, he's apologizing. He's apologizing <laughs> to you, Seth. So he says he's sorry. We're just running two weeks in a row. We're like half, we're all, all sick. sick. It's great. Uh, second. A figure that has done abnormally well for me was Harley Quinn. By the way, he goes on to write a pretty long article. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, was Harley Quinn, set Harley Quinn. When she creates the hot air balloon vehicle, turns up one square, the vehicle blocks the doorways. It's annoying. Harley Quinn took out at least 150 points of characters, which is insane. Uh, third, figures that perform poorly. Uh, Necron, 300 points. Yeah, he, he sucks. Uh, no good stats, no movement attack. It's basically 300-point targets for my opponents. Sad times. Hey, I'm going to say this. You play that Necron on an entire team of, like, other Black Lanterns, it ends up being, like, over 1,500 points. It's such a fun team to play against. It's crazy to play against. I love it. Uh, Mr. Graves on Twitter said, Goblin King, he has played both ways. Sometimes won the game. Others can't hit a hand ninja. Ooh, that's rough. Sean Phoenix. Uh, 001 Cyclops. He's low-key amazing offensive piece. You can your, boost your entire team's damage one. He is actually awesome. Uh, like I said, Herb Sheldon's played two of those in our final match. Uh, yeah, that Cyclops is a stupid game. Alright, I'm going to apologize for everyone on Reddit for not reading your response. I'm, I'm going down fast, guys. Alright, is that so on? Just ha hammer them out on the Facebook. Alright, here man. we go. We have three more. Uh, Tyler Miran. Let's go. I recently gotta say, I've been using this OP kit, Miss America. She's actually really good. Uh, her ability to bring someone in and make an attack uh, once, you know, without movement attack is great. And I gotta say, I thought Civil War Wiccan would be amazing, and he has moments, but without willpower, sidestep, he just never seems to be in the right position for me. Maybe it's my playstyle, possibly just not the right combo, but I do also have to give a shout out to the rare Pluto from Thor as being a great figure, as long as I have a way to move him around using Raven and or Nightshade. Christian Bogan. Both of mine are from uh, Age of Ultron. White Tiger always performed better than expected. Great tie-up piece. She always destroyed at least one figure up too close. And the one that gave me the most bits, and I don't want to disagree with you, but it was War Machine. I don't think I ever landed a single hit with him, uh, when even when using prop. My opponent, most of the time, with my control and use energy explosion to hit and tire wreck my team, to proceed to destroy what few figures I had remaining was more than one occasion that War Machine got thrown across the room. I feel sad, because I like really love that War Machine. Uh, last one. I just, I'm just i still mad that they gave, because uh, he mentioned White Tiger, and I'm pretty sure she has that Mighty Avengers yeah. trait. And they only gave it to, like, three other people when there were, like, eight other people in the Mighty Avengers at that time. And What a dumb decision, was dumb. these kids. You guys want to be... Wait, actually, hey, no, hey, no, I know, I we have, we have something for that. This is a whiz, This is a classic WizKid screw-up. You see my downstairs mix-up? Yeah, I didn't ask to see that, did I? 
Huh. WizKids downstairs mix up. up. Alright, final one is from Marcus Archer. Marcus Gaming, my man. I would say that I'm always disappointed with Beta Ray Bill Chase from the Mighty Thor. Never really worked for me. That That's is really disappointing. disappointing. Okay, well. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I really wish I could go on with like all the answers on Reddit. There are quite a few on Reddit, but I just... Not tonight. Today's not, not the day. Today. Um... So let's move on a little bit. Uh, don't forget that you can answer the question, the community question. It comes out on Tuesdays all the way up until Sunday evenings. We record at 8.30 p.m. normally. on That's going to be Eastern time on Sundays. Uh, we were giving a copy of the Justice League movie out for this week. That is going to go to Cody Williams. Uh, so congratulations, Cody. Uh, message me on Twitter with the phrase, Aquaman was missing his seahorse in the movie. Ah. <laughs> uh. Excuse me. He should have been riding a seahorse. Aquaman was missing his seahorse. Okay. Uh, it doesn't look like we have any birthdays this week. So if you're looking forward to seeing or listening to the next uh, happy birthday official Dial H for HeroClix Arabian birthday, uh, go ahead and ask the people in your local gaming shop. The play hero clicks, your judges, your other players, or if there's anybody special in your life that you want to give a shirt, uh, shout out to on the podcast, just tell us their name and their birthday, and we'll see what we can do about hooking them up with an Arabian birthday. Speaking of calendar, though, uh, we have something that I've been putting on Twitter for the last few couple weeks now. I've gotten some positive responses on it. I don't, I don't think Calder's putting it on Facebook, but this gives you more reason to start a Twitter and follow us on Twitter. Um, I have a calendar at work. It's a comic book trivia calendar, and I've been taking a picture of the new day every day as it appears, and it's got some cool trivia. It covers DC and Marvel stuff. I believe it might cover some other stuff as well. I think I saw some bloodshot information on there, so that was pretty cool. Um, sometimes there's random trivia questions that you just, I don't know, additional content that you guys uh, can come to us for. Uh, just something to help you get through the week um calder i know that we have questions so who's the, who are they're, they? they're from malcolm rush i have something for you malcolm malcolm we're going to give you your own little official mini segment on this podcast as you spent so much time giving us questions over well longer than i've been on this podcast honestly so this is the uh <laughs> the malcolm rush block question segment <laughs> So this is actually a clip that Malcolm Rush sent to us. It is a Japanese folk black band, bluegrass, bluegrass band. Bluegrass band. I love it. Uh, I'm, yeah, I sorry, almost said blackass, though, so you kill me. <laughs> I, I thought it was super funny, so I wanted to That's clip great. it and put it on. It is now officially on my soundboard, Malcolm, so anytime you send in questions to us, you'll, you'll get it. And we're going to throw on some cool Japanese right. words on that, too. So, like, if we ever say something or if you have a stupid, crazy, hard question, you give me a bunch of, like, Angry Japanese words? We might, we might throw those on. Uh, let's see. We're still still in the mix, so if we mess up, we're going to get like some words I totally don't understand. It's going to be great. So, he's got his awesome six questions. New questions. Here we go. Which female character is the best slash worst in Heroclix? Which version of that character in Heroclix? So, you want to go first? You want me? The very, uh, I'm going to 
that mine are going to be kind of closely tied together. The very first Diamondback is horrible. She's overcosted. She's 74 points. I don't like her. Uh, the Amanda Waller, that's not the wall, the New 52 Amanda Waller. She's horrible just because her sculpt is New 52. And she's skinny, and that's not Amanda Waller. She's not intimidating. She's a good figure, but it's like, that's not Amanda Waller. Those are my two. Okay, so I have a couple. One is Captain Marvel from the new Thor set. I love Captain Marvel's outfit when she has the mohawk, but I hate that atrocious dial. I thought it was disgustingly bad. Uh, and then also, I want to point out a character that not many people know at all, but if you did read the Brian Michael Bendis New Avengers run, then you know who this character is. Uh, Echo. Last time she was made was Avengers Assemble, and for 100 points you get this garbage dial, which is really horrible because... She was it. She was Ronan in that storyline. I wow. thought she was so cool, and they just did a horrible, horrible job. However, if you want to call in for a Ronin card, uh, you can you can use Echo, and the veteran number fifteen from Armor Wars for a grand total of thirty eight points has eight speed charge, ten attack with blades. That for 38 points. Just call in your old school uh, Echo and just hope you can blaze a six. It's super funny when it works. I've actually had it happen twice. Dude, that's actually really awesome. Alright, which female character from the comics needs to be clicked and or reclicked and why? I'll, uh... So... Yeah, I'm gonna start off. Yeah, I'm gonna... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm gonna... No. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I really want an American Dream in Heroclix so bad. Uh, she's like this weird Avengers alternate reality. She was in Captain America Corps comic book. I love her uh, American Dream. She's great. She's cool. She's like Sharon Carter's cousin, niece, or whatever. I don't know, but she's awesome, and she needs to be clicked. A character that like definitely needs to be reclicked though is a Peggy Carter, but I want a Peggy Carter. Uh, they're both Carters, uh, this answer, but I want her with the hat, with the, like, red hat and, like, purple kind of dress and everything. Yeah, that's what I want. Uh, so, I have two answers for this one. First, uh, it has been brought up behind the scenes of doing a casual comparisons for the character Big Barda. But I looked up Big Barda, and they're just art, they're, like, three Big Bardas total. And we try on the segment of casual comparisons to pick a character where they're just a little bit more of a sample size than three. So I want them to make more Big Bardas just so we can casually compare her from the DC side. From the Marvel side, a character that's actually pretty near and dear to my heart because I really love her is going to be Monica Rambeau. Oh, yeah. Them. And I, I think that they need to reclick her in the, in the fact that she sucks. Like, oh. every time that they've made her, oh. she sucks, man. Like, what she can do is literally turn her body into light energy. And, like, not just light that you can see. We're talking infrared, ultraviolet, like, any anything on the spectrum she can change her body oh. into. So, like, why are all, like, why, why does she not have cool abilities? Which like, kids? how invisible woman you can't target her from literally. outside four squares. Or, like, why does her spectrum hero click start off with phasing teleport instead of hypersonic speed? Or... The if you go back to the one from when she was in Next Wave, uh, she still starts off with <laughs> phasing teleport before she ha she basically is what everyone was always complaining about a banner activation click, and they keep making her like that and I hate it so oh, much. She is she's a physical being of light and not only that she's awesomely hilariously 
OP in the comics. But also, she's a really good leader. That's why they, should, they keep giving her leadership. But they don't give her anything other than leadership. Like, no special leadership like Cap gets all the time or anything like that. They just, they never make a good Monica Rambeau. You know what, like, Whiskey's probably, she's like, she does, like, light stuff or whatever. Let's just give her a face and teleport. Like, that's it. So, yeah, just make her reversion. Just give her, yeah, her reversion. Just give her face and teleport. That'll be fine. No, they, they clearly do not like giving this character a good hero click. So, they are making another one in the Infinity set that is coming out. Obviously, we've seen her. She's got yep. her old Spectrum outfit going on is it spectrum or no photon is a photon that's, a that's photon. her photon or captain marvel i really have no idea like what i think that figure is going to be named captain I'm marvel 90 sure yeah but let's let's hope for once that it's not just the exact same thing that they've been giving us because she really does deserve her own like op thing. oh yeah for sure the uh, third question if whiz kids made an all-female set would you buy it so Pretty much to me, the closest we're ever going to get to an all-female set was Harley Quinn and the Gotham Girls. That literally was Harley Quinn, female character, and the Gotham Girls, which is just literally saying girls. And obviously, you can't make a Harley Quinn set without the Joker, the love of her life, sort of. Not really, but kind of weird. Uh, and then Batman. So I don't know if they're ever going to make an all-female set. And like the Wonder Woman set was also really close to being all-female, besides the stupid amount of flashes and... Steve Trevor, so uh, technically my answer would be no, because they made, and I would count these two sets as pretty much all female sets, I'm not a huge fan of Wonder Woman or Harley Quinn, so I didn't buy any of those sets, I wanted pretty much two pieces from each set, and I almost got them, and yeah, so, Chris? Uh, so I would say yes on the premise that it was Avengers-based, and here's why, um, or, or A-Force that actually came out. That was a thing, too. The A-Force storyline was not that cool overall, but I will say that throwing all of these strong female characters together, especially, like, Medusa was one of the figureheads of that comic book. Uh, I really like Medusa because of what she's been doing over the last, like, four years or so in the comics, a lot more than what I used to like Medusa. So I will say yes tentatively based off of keywords. All right. Number four, which uh, female character is... Okay, sorry, that's a bit... I'm going to try to figure out a word this. Which company represents female characters better than like Marvel or DC? And why? Okay, so let me jump in there real quick and say that I did a very precursory and hastily done job of counting the number of female characters in the last six sets, three from Marvel, three from DC, that were full-blown sets. Now, I may be off on a couple of these numbers, but it won't be by much, just because I really, I just scrolled down, and as I was scrolling, I was counting in my head, like, yep, female, 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 as it went down. X-Men, 27 out of 70 are female. Harley Quinn, 41 out of 72 are female. Thor, 14 out of 72. Elseworlds, 7 out of 50. What If, 5 out of 50, and I can't remember what the last one was. Whatever, the, oh, Joker's Wild, 11 out of 66. So... Uh, I may have messed up on some of those total numbers because I forgot to like count primes and I didn't count fast forces. But I would say, generally speaking, that they're about even. Yeah. Um, it, if either one of them take it just a little bit more, it's going to be uh, DC, but just, just barely. And that's them with having a set that's primarily females. 
and they're barely yeah, winning. 41 out of 72, you're actually looking at a majority yep. there for once. Uh, so that was probably unprecedented in the in the history of HeroClix. So I'll, I'll go out on a limb there and say that that seemed like the likely answer. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it does seem that they're about equal. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I can't really go against pretty well research. So, yeah, math. <laughs> You'll figure out, like, I am, like, pretty much the worst at math, like, especially when it comes to playing HeroClix. Uh, so... Number five, which comic book characters that was originally a male and is now a new version, which is now female, is the best and worst in HeroClix? Example, uh, Thor versus Jane Foster Thor. What's your answer? Uh, I think that is slightly low obvious, but X-23 Wolverine. Holy smoke, she's good. I think she's great. Oh, wait, which which one was better? Uh, well, oh, are we doing, like, better? Okay, so first off... Uh, I love Wolverine. You're not going to get me to tell you that X-23 is a better Wolverine than Wolverine is. Uh, oh, because the question said best or best worst. Best or worst. Yeah, I think she... Uh, no, no, she's solid. Worst, I would say I don't like Jane uh, as Thor. Oh, God, I hate Jane Okay, Master. there we go. I, I really don't like her as Thor, so that's probably... Although, I love Laura Kinney. Oh, yeah, she's like, awesome. I think she's a solid character. What I think that Jane Foster Thor was was a gigantic cash grab because they were just pandering. But and, – and I actually read all, all of Jane Foster's stuff up until like the last six months or so, and I need to catch up on the last six months or so. But I'm sorry. It was just – it's just garbage. There's somebody – that's, that's a strong opinion. There's going to be some people out there like, I love Jane Foster Thor. Okay, that's fine, and that's just what this is, is an opinion, take it or leave it, but it's so pandering, I hate it so much, versus Laura Kinney that's like, hey, I'm just a hero, and I go out and I do heroic things, versus Jane Foster that's like, oh, hey, women power, feminism, and every single panel is uh, just forced if, if you want that, Chris, if you just want that really forced pandering, you need to read the America Chavez series, like, America oh, no. is America. Chavez, she's <laughs> Miss America. She's fine in Young Avengers. She's totally fine in her own series. It is the cringiest stuff I've ever read, and literally not worth anybody's money. Oh wow, that's sad because I actually really like America. Yeah, Chavez. I like her as a character too. Like she's like, got. I like her when she's in uh, Young Avengers. Exactly. And then uh, number six, making all he female hero clicks team. Bonus points if you do a theme team. Chris, what do you okay, got? So I came up with this really funny team. It's 500 points. No, yeah, it's 500 points. It comes out to 496 total. So you have a whopping four points to play with. But imagine basically almost an entire mind control team that you would just use to, to make your opponent beat themselves to death. Avengers theme team start with Synapse for mind control. All right. Uh, we have Circe with mind control from Thor. You have Moondragon. From ADW with mind control, <laughs> Mantis from Guardians guess. Mind with control. mind control, <laughs> uh, and then just to round it out with a little bit of difference, we do have Jane Foster coming in as your support piece. Miss Marvel from uh, basically going to be your aggro tank. She this is going to be the uh, rare, not the colossal. Um, she does have impervious, not impervious, invincible top dial. Uh, not to mention she can like flip back and forth if she needs to, so you can get that bonus defense from range if you need it, um, which is 
pretty cool. I like that. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Miss Marvel. I think she's a very solid character. By the way, this is an example of one of those characters where, like, you read that comic book, didn't feel like it was pandering. It's just a really unique character, and they did a really good job of re- of making this character. And then go over and read Jane Foster Thor, and you'll understand what I mean. Uh. Um, and then uh, the other character, uh, just for funsies, was Wasp, because Wasp is cool. I've always liked Wasp. Cool. Um, this is going to be Wasp from ADW number five. Now, this is the one for that does have the, like... Uh, uh, change mechanic. Shifting focus. So time for a costume change. Yeah, it's shifting fa- uh, focus, but it's called something different. 19 defense, but she's also tiny. So 20 defense from range with dual bolts incapacitate. So you're incapacitating characters, and when you're not incapacitating characters, you're mind controlling the characters. Oh, I think that's so funny. That's gross, Chris. I love it. <laughs> just to make the whole team beat themselves to death and just be like, ha-ha, women power. That's awesome. Uh, so Chris made a 500-point team, made me feel really bad. I only made a 400-point team. But now I boosted it to 500 points, which it technically might be worse. Uh, but I'm doing a Servant Society theme team. Uh, first off, we have Asp, you know, Black, Bad Girls Inc. That's awesome. The new Asp, the new Diamondback, Bad Girls Inc. The Princess Python, who's also awesome. She's got mind control. Ooh, cool. Uh, Black Mamba, she's great. I actually really love this Black Mamba figure. Viper from the Captain America set, 91 points. Uh, she's actually really solid. Sin from Fear Itself. She's pretty great. Uh, then we did the 90-point Anaconda, because we need a point filler from the old Deadpool set, and she's pretty awesome. And then uh, what did we do to round out 50 points? Oh, that's easy. We gave them all Service Society team ability. And, uh, yeah, and then if you want, you can go ahead and throw on Relics, because Sin uh, is really easy for her to pick up a Relic with the set symbol. With Fear Itself, she adds one, but... Honestly, why have her pick up a hammer? You can never pick up literally anything else and have anybody pick up anything else. Uh, but if you don't, give them the Serpent Society team ability, and then you use the non Red Skull faced version of Sim from the Captain America set, and you use the 60 point Anaconda, it's also a 300 point team. So, yeah, have fun. Or no, it's a 400 point team. Either way, it's fun. There's a little bit of give there. I like Serpent Society, and Serpent Society is a lot of female members, so it just kind of works. Right on. You know, honestly. Serpent Society might be one of the most equally uh, represented te- teams. I guess I'll call them teams. Very loosely based word there. Team of uh, people with powers. Most comic books, like most of the main characters in both Marvel and DC, are going to be male characters. So the teams that they're on are predominantly... Like, even the Fantastic Four is three dudes. Normally. That is true. Like, the Avengers are probably, like, 70% dudes at any given point. The X-Men... That might be a little bit closer to half and half, but Serpent Society is pretty close to 50. I think it almost it almost is. I guess it depends on which version of the team, but yeah, normally it's 50-50, actually. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Malcolm, thank you for writing in with your questions. That's why we gave you your own mini-segment. There you go. Happy uh, Dial H last, end of, uh, last days of March 2018. Yay! <laughs> um Yay! Uh, I want to give a few shout-outs real quick to a couple of different listeners. Uh, one, two, Vigilante Superfan Seth Aaron got a hold of me asking for a team that he was playing tonight. So we kind of just went back and forth on Twitter for a little bit until we came up with a team. I'm anxious to hear how that team worked for him. I really hope it went well. So that leads me to say that if there's anybody out there that wants help building teams or anything like that, uh, now, normally, I'm going to help you build a more of a casual, fun, or comic-accurate team. I think Calder is going to be the one you might want to get a hold of if you're going to try and build a little bit more of a meta team. 
Um, so keep that in mind. But uh, I'm always open for people contacting me and just asking for help. I will help you. Uh, second shout out I want to give to uh, Tiemu, uh, our, one of our men from Finland. Uh, he was playing, I guess, the other night, and he was giving kind of like updates as he was playing on the three games and how they were going. So it was kind of cool to read just like how his Heroclix night was going. Yeah, it's always awesome. I like reading stuff like that, so that was pretty cool. Um, I want to give a shout-out to David Logan, who gave us an idea for uh, casual comparison soundbite. Guys, we still have uh, parts of our show, segments of our show that do not have sound bites, things that we have not solidified in. So we'll try out uh, David Logan's suggestion the next time we play casual comparisons, and we'll see how that fits. If we like it, we'll keep it. And the last shout-out I have is for uh, Cody Williams. That's going to be for uh, us putting out the call for anybody out there that uh, knows a little bit more about DC Comics than Calder and I do. Uh, we are not big DC fans. Wait, what? We don't know everything about anything ever? You surprised me, Chris. Yeah, I know, right? Which, uh, I mean, this this should go without saying. We, we always appreciate your guys' constructive really criticism. Do. And though I, we do try to be correct in most things that we say on the podcast, sometimes we do get things wrong. So if we mess something up, let us know. I mean, be respectful about it. But, I mean, we'll take it in stride for sure. We'll thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, but co- back to Cody Williams, we don't know a lot about DC. We put out the call for anybody that knows more than we do, which realistically probably is not that hard. But Cody Williams came to uh, our aid and said he's going to be our DC guru. Those are my words, not his. And uh, we appreciate that. So thank you for being our retained confidant on the DC topic. Cody, awesome. Um, do you have anything? Yeah, I got say? one oh. last little shout out. Once again, I want to shout out uh, Seth Davis, Jacob Marcus, everybody else I met. But Jacob Marcus actually gave me a sick idea for the uh, new show. He said I could have a new, new little mini segment called Meta Minutes. I absolutely love that idea, so I'm going to steal it and I'm going to give you credit for it. So maybe from now on in the show, uh, I will kind of cover a little bit about Meta. If you know me, you do know I do like to go to Meta events. I do like to test my metal in the Meta, and it's really fun. It's a different style of team building completely in HeroClix. And, I, you know, I just really enjoy it. So actually being able to get a little, I don't want to say Meta Fix, because that's kind of a, a Married Clicks thing, but, like, just to get a little talking in on Meta at our podcast is great for the casual and the hardcore players. This kind of helps the hardcore players that like to chill out and listen to a HeroClix podcast also hear just a little bit about the Meta. Not a ton, but, you know, a little meta minute. So that is going to be a new segment uh, from now on. Did you mean to put that alliteration of testing your metal in the minute? Maybe yeah, that's metal, metal in the metal. metal. Yes, exactly what I meant to see. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, well, if that's all you got, yeah. This is all I got, and I'm ready to read this out. Okay, uh, make sure that you jump onto Twitter, start a Twitter. <laughs> Follow us at Dial H for Hero Clicks. That's the number four. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Dial H for Hero Clicks. You can send us an email uh, at Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. We love reading your guys' stuff on the air. We appreciate everything that you guys give us. We do this for you. So thank you all. Appreciate it. All right. And as a reminder, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com. We can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Bye, guys. See ya. My, 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 my.